Hi friends, I'm Kara Kay. And I'm Elizabeth. And this is the Asking for a Friend podcast. Each week, we are navigating challenging questions you have about yourself, the church, and the world. But don't worry, we know you're only asking for a friend. Today, we're answering the question, why does mentoring matter? As we look at the topic of mentoring within the church. So join us as we break free from the status quo and engage in conversations that matter. Hey, Kara Kay, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Good. All right. It is a new week. And so I want to just start by asking how your week's going and tell me about a little thing that's maybe making a big impact in your world. Okay. So a little thing that happened last week that it, and obviously this segment is called the little things. And so (laughs) this is a small thing, but it just made a huge impact to me. Um, I've been trying to build in more like almost scheduled rest time for myself. And I've always wanted to have a day that's just a, you know, Sabbath day that I'm not working, I'm not doing anything. And last week, I had a day that I was able to do that. We didn't have soccer games, we didn't have birthday parties, we didn't have any activities. And I just got up and I read a book, like for hours. Wow. And spent time with my kids played outside. I did not touch my computer. And it just made such an impact on my week ahead because it was on Saturday and I j- it made a huge impact for the week ahead because I had actually taken some time to rest. That's and pretty incredible. It was amazing. So I think I need to do that more. Yeah. I have a friend who used to do that. She would block off every Friday and like you said, she wouldn't go to the gym. She wouldn't make lunch plans, coffee dates, none of that. She would stay home. She would read. She would spend extended time in the word and just honestly soak up the quiet before her kids yes. got home from school. That's so nice. Yeah, that's I need awesome. To make sure I do that more and I think it's so healthy for us. Yeah, for sure. Like but, there actually is some truth to resting and having a Sabbath. Who knew? I know. It's amazing. <laughs> I always thought it would be great. And then days that I actually do it, it makes such a difference. I know, so. that's so funny. It's great. Okay, how about you? Okay, so my little thing, I just want to take a moment of silence for all the single moms out there. Oh, yes. I mean, I was raised by a single mom. So I saw it, you know, from the child's perspective, how difficult it is and tiring and things like that. But last night, uh, my 14-year-old decided he was going to throw up and not go to the bathroom, just do it all over the floor in his bedroom. Oh. I know, 14. Like, you're not a toddler kid, but he (laughs) threw up all over his room, and my husband and I went upstairs, and we honestly, we just looked at each other, and my husband said, do you think we should move? (laughs) And I was like, yes, that would be easier. So here we are. I mean, it's like midnight. We're cleaning this up. We're so irritated because we're like, kid, get it together. You're 14. But, you know, we're also trying to be compassionate because clearly he's sick. So we um, basically let my husband take the lead. I was like, I'll just strip the bed. You have at it with everything else. And so, you know, bless his heart. He cleans up everything as I'm like holding my shirt over my face and gagging. And um, all I could think was, what would I do? I mean, if I was on my own, I don't know if I would just like break down in tears or probably (laughs) probably I do anyways (laughs) I mean it was awful and then not only that but our three-year-old came in bed with us in the middle of the night I didn't even notice I don't notice these things my husband after 
he said about an hour of him, my son kicking him. He took him back to bed. He walks up to the top of the stairs. This is now around 3 a.m. And our dog had pooped at the top of the stairs. Which, oh, my gosh. That hasn't happened in years and years. I don't know what was going on last night, but it was bad. And so just a huge shout out to all these single moms that are doing this on their own every single day and night. No break, no support system, no one to rely on. Just huge. I would just encourage all, if you have a single mom in your life, whether that's a friend, a sister, a cousin, a mom, a you know, whatever, just take a moment to pray for that person that God would give them the superhuman strength they need to navigate this life. Yeah. And maybe even do something to help them. Yeah. Take them a gift card or a dinner or something. Yeah. Take them some groceries, offer to keep their kids for an evening or an afternoon. I mean, it's something. It's amazing how those little things remind us so much of how blessed we are and how, you know, challenging things are. And yeah. Yeah. They bring a lot to the surface. So true. All right, guys. Well, we always love chatting about the little things that make and break our week. And we would love to hear your little things. So you can always share those with us over on social media. And we are going to hear from a sponsor real quick before we dive into our conversation today. Have you ever considered planning a gathering? Whether it's a retreat, reunion, workshop, or celebration, gather your tribe and meet at Gathering Oaks. Tucked away just outside of Waco, Texas, Gathering Oaks offers 19 unique bedrooms plus two meeting spaces. On over 30 acres with a shady central courtyard and pool, it's a serene location to relax and stay. Whether you want to catch up with old friends around a fire, spark the next big idea for your company, or celebrate a milestone, Gathering Oaks has everything you need to reconnect, retreat, and rejoice. For more information or to book your stay, go to gatheringoaksretreat.com. We are going to dive in today talking about mentorship. So Elizabeth, I want to start off by asking you about your personal mentoring. If you have somebody in your life that has mentored you or somebody that's really made a difference in your life as a mentor. I I was thinking about this earlier as I was preparing mentally for our conversation, I have never had a um, formal mentor in my life, but I will say when I was first married, uh, my husband and I belonged to a church in Dallas and we had a great uh, young marriage department and the leaders in that class were so intentional about pouring into us, having us over to their house in the evenings or weekends or whatever. And there were some, uh, some of the wives who were, probably in the stage I'm in now, you know, in their 40s and um, had kids. And they really poured into me, not in a formal mentorship way, but we would have lunch or coffee or, you know, I knew I could always call them to ask about, you know, whatever's going on in my life. So I would say I'd never have had a formal mentoring relationship, but I have had women who have made an impact on me and women that I've sort of watched from afar Um, And then even in the past, you know, 14 years when we moved to Waco, I belonged to a church where really my demographic was sort of the older demographic in the church. And so I have mentored a lot of women, uh, but I've not had a formal mentor in my life. So what about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat that I've had those women that have poured into me. And there's only been, I think, one time in my life that someone actually reached out to me and said, hey, I'd like to mentor you if you're interested. Wow. And then it was one of those weird life things that we ended up moving 
um, because my husband got a new job like right around that same time. And so it never actually happened mm-hmm. with her. But I I have had those women in my life that I look up to, that I go to for advice, that I um, that pour into me, but not in a way of, hey, this is my mentor and we have designated times that we sit down and have coffee or whatever. So, um, but have you mentored other women in the same capacity? Okay. Um, where I haven't necessarily not since I when I was in college, I mentored some younger girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a really long time since I've had some designated people that I am meeting with on a regular basis. But, um, I have some girls that I I think of them as people that I mentor mm-hmm. in a capacity that I have these few girls that go to our church that are about 10 years younger than me and I make an intentional effort to check on them and pray for them and ask them how they're doing and have conversations with them that are important um, and I need to do a better job of making sure that we are spending more quality time together yeah um, because I think that's really important, but it's hard. It's hard to do. It is. It is. And we're going to talk about really what a healthy mentoring relationship can look like and, and how, how practically speaking, how do you do that? So what, why don't you start us off by telling us what does scripture say about mentoring? Yes. Cause I think most people don't understand the, in the book of Titus, it's a book that was written by Paul and it breaks down kind of the expectations of leaders in the church. And it gives some specific examples of women within the church. And since we are talking about women here on our podcast, we'll look at that section. The intent of his letter was to teach against um, false teaching that was happening around that time and to be able for this letter to be a guide for the church that he was writing to, just to give you some, you know, context of what this letter was all about. And so Paul gives a list of what older women should be teaching to younger women. Um, So he talks about them having reverent behavior and not being slanderous and not drinking too much and teaching what is good. And and then he goes into just talking about how to train younger women to love their families, to be self-controlled, to be pure, to be kind, to be submissive to their husband. So he goes in this big, long list of here's the things that you need to teach these younger women to do because they have a lot of false teachers that are telling them different things. Right. As, as we do today. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so when we think about these qualities that make a good mentor, I love this section because Paul points out um, some attributes that a leader should have in, when we're looking specifically at Titus 2, that in verses 7 and 8, he talks about that they should model good works and in their teaching, they should show integrity dignity, and sound speech. And that's kind of what really stands out to me in scripture when looking at what a mentor should do is the way that we are teaching this person that we should have integrity, dignity, and and sound speech. Yeah, that's really good. That's um, If anybody is looking for scripture on mentoring, that's a good uh, book to go to. So I think there are some other attributes that we can talk about when it comes to finding a godly mentor. So if you are thinking of asking someone to be your mentor, these are things that you would want to look for in that person. Or if you are saying, you know what, I really would like to mentor someone, um, 
this would be a good gut check of am I exhibiting these characteristics? Right. So let's start with um, the first one would be godly character. I think that's obviously a good place to start. Yes, you know, that it we is. love the Lord and we're hopefully living out, um, you know, everything we believe, gospel centered lives. Um, then I would say mature faith. So I think you can, and tell me if you agree or disagree on this. I think you can mentor someone in the same season of life as you. You know, you can mentor a peer. It doesn't always have to be someone 10 or 20 years younger than you. Um, but you do have to have sort of that maturity and faith in order to be able to lead someone, no matter what stage of life they're in. Yeah, I agree. Because I think that there can be a new believer that is the same stage age as you, same stage of life as yeah. you. And I think we get caught up in the, it has to be someone 30 years older than us with mm-hmm. all of this extra life experience, but we could have that difference being at the same age. So yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, the next one will be intimate relationship with God, which that sort of goes to your godly character, your mature, your mature faith, um, but just understanding scripture, um, not that you have to have all the right answers or you have to have scripture memorized, but just having a general understanding of scripture and just a growing relationship with Christ. And then I would say being a servant leader, obviously we're not getting paid to mentor. uh, You know, we're not uh, getting any accolades for this. It is a very um, servant hearted position and one that requires a lot of humility and the ability to put someone else first because it is something that takes your time and takes time away from what you, when you could be doing other things. Yes. And I think going along with that, um, just having the desire um, to share God's love with other people. Yeah. Um, because I think being a servant leader, we you have to have that strong desire to pass on what you what's been given to you and yeah. really want to help these other people grow in the place that they're in. Yeah, that's good. Uh, The next attribute I would say is a continuous learner. And we talked about this in our episode on how do I lead when I don't feel like a leader. We talked about being a continuous learner um, and just someone who, you know, not only, like you said, are you willing to pass on your knowledge to someone else, but you're also very teachable and you're taking in knowledge from other people, whether that's, you know, reading lots of books, listening to podcasts, you know, just being present in worship and soaking up your pastor's teaching or, um, you know, a Bible study, things like that. So being a continuous learner, wanting to grow yourself before you're helping someone else grow. Right. Because we can't assume that we know everything and we have to stay humble in knowing that even if we are mentoring someone, there's always something for us to learn and grow in. Last, I would say another uh, great attribute for a mentor is someone who is reliable and available. And this is really hard in our society. We are pulled from all different directions. We have a million options on how to fill our time, uh, but you have to be committed to the person you're mentoring. And if you ask someone to be your mentor, you know, that's one thing you want them to consider like, hey, I know this is a big ask. Um, I don't want to monopolize all your time, but could you sacrifice an hour every week or an hour every other week? And then make sure that you are both committed to that. Yeah. Do you think that people struggle with um, mentoring because of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think people fear, oh my goodness, this is going to take all my time. I don't have time for this. Um, and, and it is something you need to take seriously and carve time out for. But at the same time, it's not 
you know, it's not 10 hours a week. It's, you know, it's like we have to find that balance between being committed and realizing, yeah, this is a commitment. It's not something that I can do with just whenever I feel like it, but also realizing this isn't a part-time job. It's, you know, it's just, it's a small investment that's going to make a big impact. I think that people are afraid to ask because they're afraid of being told no. Yes, they are. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of being a burden. And yes. in our day and age, like, we just don't want to ask for help. Right. Yeah. We we assume that we can do it all on our own and mm-hmm. we don't need that that help to come come alongside us. Well, and I think too, I've read articles that, you know, in our parents and especially in our grandparents' generation that mentoring happened organically. You know, you would go out in the front yard with your kids and while they played, your neighbor would come over and, and talk to you and you would just have afternoon tea, you know, iced tea while sitting on the porch and watching your kids play and things like that where society, it just, it happened in a very organic, um, natural way. Whereas today it's, we have to carve that time out. It almost feels forced sometimes. Can we get coffee every Wednesday at 9am? You know? Right. Yeah. It's it's like we have to put it in our schedule or it doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. What about the church? What role do you think the church should play in mentoring? Do you think they should be involved? Do you think that, um, there should be, a place for, you know, a, a section of the church that's all about mentoring. Like, you know, a lot of churches will have their children's ministry and their youth ministry mm-hmm. and maybe their discipleship ministry. Do you think the church should play a role or should play more of a role? I think the church should play a role. I think um, some churches are, but I think we have a very long way to go. Uh, you know, you mentioned discipleship ministry. So I feel like mentoring and discipleship, and you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree, I feel like mentoring and discipleship kind of go hand in hand. Um, Yes, I agree. Yeah, like you can have a mentor at work who, you know, is trying to help you succeed in the company, and that's mentorship, whereas discipleship is more, hey, I'm trying to help you grow spiritually. And so sometimes I feel like in the in our Christian culture, we use those two terms synonymously. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a discipleship ministry. So yeah, mentoring would fall under that. Uh, I, I feel like in the church, when there's discipleship training or discipleship um, programs, I, I don't feel like they are as intentional as they should be. Um, I think we have a long way to go on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So I know your husband's a pastor, obviously. Do y'all have any sort of discipleship program or anything at your church? We have discipleship, um, but not necessarily focused toward mentoring. Okay. And so it was interesting because I actually met with a couple of women that are other pastors' wives at our church a few weeks ago, and we talked about this topic as well. And because this is something that's been really heavy on my heart to mm-hmm. see you know, the generations of women come together more. Mm-hmm. And and we all agreed that it's such a challenge within the church. Mm-hmm. And because like you said, it can feel forced. And yeah. I think that's where we kind of go wrong within the church with mentorship or discipleship. Even if we're talking small groups or, you know, Sunday school classes or whatever that looks like for you, it doesn't always feel organic. Yeah. And so... It's difficult to say, okay, you and you, you're now mentors. Yeah. And go meet together and enjoy life because you guys are going to spend the next 10 years growing together. Yeah. It doesn't always happen that way because people are different. 
And so it's that challenge of finding someone organically, finding someone that fits you personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the church struggles in that way of being able to help because it's hard to, you know, it's hard to have the plan behind the scenes and say, okay, we're going to have this mentoring program. Okay, so people are all different. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, so I I used to belong to a church where we had sort of a mentoring discipleship program. Uh, I think they called it women's mentoring, actually. And there was just one or two point people that if you wanted to mentor or you wanted to be a mentor, you contacted that person. She took your information. You know, what are your spiritual gifts? What are some experiences you've had in your life that you could speak wisdom to in someone else's life. And then she, she was very intentional about matching up certain people. Um, and the church was, it wasn't small, but it was small enough to where the person in charge of this ministry probably knew who would be good fits for each other. Um, and so then she, it was kind of like, you know, a matchmaking service. She just kind of, she matched mentors and mentees up. Um, and that went on for a few years and then I don't know why it faded out, but, um, I felt like that was a, you know, we talked, you, you mentioned forced. I think some people could see that as forced, but also if you have someone who's like, I, I don't know anyone right. to mentor yeah. me, but I really How want do someone you to do that. Yeah. yeah. I want someone to speak in my life. I think this was a good alternative. And like I said, it wasn't just like, I'm going to enter my information in a computer and it's going to spit back a name. I mean, this person who was in charge was really intentional about trying to create quality matches. And I think that we can also provide spaces for women to connect. Mm -hmm. I know some churches do this well, and some it's more of a challenge for, but providing the spaces for women to connect with each other across generations. Yes. Um, Because I noticed this at church, every church I've been at, that we have a tendency to get in our circles of, Mm -hmm. okay, we have this group of, you know, older women that all their kids are grown and whatever, and they have been friends for maybe 20 years. They've always gone to this church together. Mm-hmm. And then we have the group of, you know, 30, 40 somethings that their kids are all in that season of life. And so we just have a tendency to connect, you know, with people in our stage of life, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think that the church can provide spaces that women can connect. Um, someone was telling me about this thing that their church did that was sounded amazing. I I was like, I want to go to this thing. But they they would do cooking classes basically. Oh, so yeah. some of the older women would set up a class and invite some of the younger women to come and learn how to cook just really good dishes mm-hmm. and um and quick and easy things. So it wasn't like this gourmet meal. It was yeah. just an opportunity for the older women to teach some of the younger women, here's some really great dishes that I've learned over the years. Maybe my mom or my grandma or someone, a mentor of mine showed me. And then it gives them a a more organic space to, to actually connect with each other yeah. and see, oh, I had so much fun with her, you know, learning how to make this pasta dish or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. And then from there can maybe create a relationship. So I think just creating some of those spaces that gives women the opportunity to connect and meet each other across generations is so helpful. Yeah, that's good. I went to a women's leadership conference a few years ago. And one thing that was brought up is what you're saying, this lack of 
cross-generational interaction. And someone said uh, that I think they had had a meeting in their church about it. And the and they had brought together women from an older generation, younger generation, all across the board. And the older women said, we want to have events like women's um, like workshops and women's retreats and things like that. We want to have these events, but when we do, the younger women don't come. And they said, and the younger women said, we want to connect first and then we'll come. And the older women were thinking, we want you to come and then we'll connect. And so it's just, yeah, yeah, it's two different perspectives on connection. But I think something like what you're talking about um, would be really beneficial where it's like just an evening of, hey, come and Uh let's learn together. Let us teach you what we know. We want to hear from you. Um, I think that would be beneficial because that's not like a whole weekend commitment. It's not a whole Saturday. It's just like a Tuesday evening, you know, come we're going to eat together because who doesn't like to eat and yeah. And teach me how it doesn't even have to be a good dish. I just need an easy dish (laughs) because I need like three ingredients I can throw in my crock pot and I'm good. That's right. So I love that idea. Well, and I think that I see with the younger generation of women um, that there's this struggle of especially young moms and even moms with kids at any stage at home, there's this pull. And you and I, we've just had a conversation about this, that we feel like everybody else has Mm -hmm. to come first. Our kids have to come first. And so actually doing something for ourselves is a challenge. And, And we both are blessed with supportive husbands that will say, oh, yeah, go. Go to that event. Go do that thing. But that's not the case for everyone, just like we were talking about with single mm-hmm. moms. If there's an event like that and if there's not childcare mm-hmm. provided, she's having to get a babysitter and pay out of her own pocket yeah. for that. Or if she's going out to coffee with someone, she's having to find a way for somebody to watch mm-hmm. her kids. And so there's that guilt that, well, if I am going to these events or if I am in relationship with this person that I'm going to have lunch with them or coffee with them – it's taking away from what I feel like is the most important responsibility in my life of my family. And so finding that balance and figuring out how to make that work can be a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you don't have a husband like ours, because we've talked about this, we have very supportive husbands. If you don't have a husband who is like, hey, I'll watch the kids, you go do this, or you're a single mom, then I think that's where it's time to maybe pull the church in and say, hey, I am just, I'm yes. really craving someone to walk alongside me, someone to mentor me. And that's hopefully where the church can step in and say, yeah, we have this older person and, um, or not older, but, you know, in a different stage of life. And, they would love to come to your house once a week while you're after you put your kids to bed or you know something like that. I think there's ways of working around those, but we just have to be bold enough and brave enough to reach out and ask for help. Right. And I think that's probably one of the t- hardest challenges in all of this. Yeah. Yeah, and well I think some people don't even know it's an option. They don't even know mentoring is an option. They don't even know someone is out there who would love to pour into them. You know, they just, like we talked about earlier, they don't want to be a burden. They don't want to ask for help, but they don't understand that maybe someone, like it would be a blessing to them to come and serve you and just to spend time with you. So I have a question for you. Um, How do you mentor someone who is not interested in growing? Because we're sort of talking about people who want that relationship, but maybe they just don't know how or they don't have time. But what do you do about someone who they're just not really interested in growing? How do you mentor them? 
that that is a challenge because that you can get a lot of pushback. Um, I think sometimes leaving out some of this language, not going to them and saying, "I'd like to mentor you," yeah, um, because that can be kind of scary and yeah. overwhelming. Very, yeah, very intimidating. And very intimidating. And so I think maybe just making it a simple thing. I don't think it has to be this big thing that you've planned a specific day each week and you are going to sit down and do a Bible study together. I think it's just showing that person that you genuinely care about what's going on in their life and you want to just be someone that they can come to and just making yourself available to them. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. There's uh, someone in my life that I have wanted to, I I guess, mentor, (laughs) Um, but I didn't want to make her feel like she was a project or I had an agenda because I don't. Like, I really just want to spend more time with her and, like you said, let her know that I am available if and when she needs me. And so we just, we met one day and then I said, you know, I would really like to just get to know you better and have you get to know me a little better. Would you want to start meeting on a regular basis? And she was so receptive. She was like, yeah, that sounds great. So yeah, kind of took out all the churchy language and these formal terms and was like, hey, what is this really about? It's really just about us getting to know each other a little bit more. And hopefully as we do, then the spiritual component will come up of, hey, let's kind of dig into where are you spiritually? How do you relate to God? That, you know, all of that stuff will come. But I think you have to, ease your way in. You can't like, you know, in- propose to someone when you haven't even been on a first date. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great point. Yeah. Here's another question. Many people, I feel like they might be scared of the term mentoring. So what do you think mentoring should actually look like? I mean, we kind of touched on it just now, but um, when you mentor someone, um, like you said, you meet with these girls, do you have like a list of questions you go through? Do you go through a book? How do you know where to start? I think a lot of it depends on where that person is. Um, And even what you are comfortable with, if you are the mentor, what you are comfortable with as far as leading someone else spiritually, because we did, you know, we talked about that. You have to be in a place that you have, that you're learning and growing every day. Um, But maybe you're not comfortable leading her through a book or a Bible study. And I think that's okay. I don't think we all have to be at this place of, I don't think you have to reach this, you know, standard of, okay, you have arrived at this point, you have the books of the Bible memorized, and you have this, this much scripture memorized that now you are able to become a mentor. Um, I think you can still be a huge work in progress, which we all are, um, and be able to pour into someone that's coming along behind you as well. Um, So yeah, I think it can be a really scary imitating thing, but I think it can be also a really simple and fun and easy thing. Just saying, hey, I would love to get, and you know, maybe you bring in a few people, you know, maybe you, you, if you're looking to mentor a specific person, maybe you invite her and her two best friends to go to coffee with you and just say, I would love to spend time with you guys. And I just want to get to know you and, and enjoy some time with you that it doesn't have to look like this following a list or, um, you know, following certain rules, but just being able to pour into them in whatever way looks comfortable for you and for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Right now I'm 
I'm mentoring a single mom and she's so precious. And um, this is a different person than who I just talked about, but she went to our church and she said, I'm a new believer. These are the challenges I've been facing in the past year. I really just need someone to walk alongside me and mentor me. Do you have anyone? So the church contacted me and asked me if I'd be interested. Um, and I was so honored and just, it, it, obviously it is going to take some time and some planning and commitment like we talked about. And that's the difficult part. But when I meet with her, I'm, it's, I always walk away so glad that we did. It's, it's a blessing to me. If I hope it's a blessing to her, but it's definitely a blessing to me. And when we were talking about like, how do you formally go through the mentoring? So the first time we met, I was like, Hey, I just want to hear your story. You know, I know you reached out and asked for a mentor. I would just love to hear where you're at, what you've been going through, why you feel like you need a mentor. And so that's where we started. So I could even figure out you know, what does she want from this? And then, um, and then I think I even asked her point blank, like, so do you want to go through a book together? Do you want to do a Bible study? Do you just want to share what we're learning in scripture each week? Or do you just need to meet and talk about your week and have me pray for you every week? You know, so I just kind of gave her some different options and she was reading a book already and she had just started and she was like, you know, if you, um, would go through this book with me, that would be, that would be really great. So I bought the book on Amazon and that's what we're doing. And so it's not, I think we overthink it and we make it more difficult than it really has to be. Yeah, I agree. I think we do too. Um, I want to tag on a, another question before we wrap up the conversation. Okay. Um, I, we went through a parenting class at our church last, last year. And one of the things that came up in this class was, that it's important for our kids to have someone else in their life that is a a safe space for them. Another grown-up, basically, that is someone that they can go to, that they can have these conversations with. Um, and so that's been something that's on my mind a lot. Um, and so I'm curious, do your kids have those people, you know, that they can go to or that they look up to? That's a good question. So both of my kids are in K-Life groups, which I don't know if people are familiar with K-Life, but it's a discipleship program that was birthed out of Canacuck camps in Missouri. And my children have not gone to Canacuck, but well, actually a lot of my husband and I's friends have gone. So that's how we knew about Canacuck. And then we heard just through word of mouth in our in our town about K-Life groups. And they do them or they organize them specifically by school and grades. So my son, um, you know, his group is all seventh and eighth graders at his school. My daughter's in one from six for sixth grade girls from her grade. So they're gender specific, they're grade specific, school specific. Um, and they have two college leaders per group. And so my son's group is probably, I think around five to eight boys attend. And my daughter's group is around, I think six or seven girls. So it's pretty small, but I know some K-Life groups in our town are 10 to 20 kids, which I've been told that's like, they don't want them that big. They want them, you know, around 10 to 12 kids. And they meet once a week. They have these two college kids pouring into them. And then the college leaders have the K-Life director, there's a male and a female K-Life director in our area who pour into the college leaders. So it's just this trickle-down discipleship method that I love. So right now they have their K-Life leaders speaking into them. And then my son is in the youth group at our church. And there's a guy, 
guy's youth leader and a girl's youth leader. And I've watched them do such a great job of pouring into these kids and being available for them, having them over to their house. Like you were saying, for a baking night for the girls or an Xbox night for the boys, you know, and not only imparting truth into their lives on Sundays and Wednesdays, but providing that space where they can just have a normal, fun relationship that the kids know, hey, if you need anything, I'm here for you. Yeah, I love that. Um, Because I think that when we talk about mentoring and all of this and discipleship and I think a lot of it needs to bounce down to our kids generation as well so that they grow up saying oh I had all of these people pouring into me I had this mentor that mentor and recently my my oldest daughter she she has um they have some friends down the street but and their mom is has become a good friend of mine and she my daughter loves just going down to their house. They don't have any kids her age. They have younger kids, but she just loves going and hanging out at their house. And she told me a few days ago that the mom, who is my age and one of my friends, she said, mom, she's my my best um, grown-up friend. Oh, that's And awesome. I thought that was really neat. I because love that. I was like, I think that it's really important for our kids to – see that and have those relationships with people that are older and be comfortable with that. And, you know, I told her that is so great. And I've been meaning to ask my friend, you know, if she would be willing to like take her to coffee once a month or something, just to spend some time with her, because I think that's such a great example that we can set for this younger generation of, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I, it made me think like I, there's a couple of high school girls at our church that I reached out to and said, hey, I would love to get to know you. If you, you know, they're starting to look at colleges and things. And Mm -hmm. I said, you know, if you ever need a place to talk outside of your mom, because I know at that age, it's like, oh, my mom doesn't know what she's talking about. But but I remember having those other influences that were like around my mom's age, but I always like to hear their opinions. And I remember when I was a child, I had one of those mentors and she still is somebody that I'm connected to. Wow. And and so I think that's really a great thing that we can do is, you know, show our kids what mentorship can look like in a, a healthy and fun way. So it's not something they get to our age and say, oh, it's overwhelming. It's mm-hmm. it's too much of a challenge. So Yeah. Yeah. They'll have already have integrated it into their daily life. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just a part of who they are. That's awesome. All right. Well, this was such a fun conversation today, and we hope that you guys can, you know, begin thinking about mentoring. And um, we'd love to hear your stories about mentorship. You can share those with us always on social media or um, at our website. And so we hope that you guys can dig into pouring into the next generation and be sure that you have someone in your life that's pouring into you. Spoonful of Faith is a creative shop and design studio by illustrator Gina Holiday. God showed up in a beautiful way, merging Gina's love of marketing with her passion for art and creativity. Her studio focuses on creating thoughtfully illustrated pieces for small businesses and brands. Additionally, Spoonful of Faith is passionate about empowering creative women and offers support through an online community called Mother Creative as well as a newly launched creative shop of faith-centered apparel, stationery, and artwork for your home. You can save 15% off this week by using code ASKINGPOD15 when you shop at spoonfuloffaith.com.
All right, Kara Kay, we are on to our next segment, which is resources helping us rethink the way we see ourselves, the church, and the world. So is there anything you want to share with our listeners about anything you're reading or listening to or watching that's helping you rethink? Yeah, I have a book that is kind of on topic with what we talked about today. Um, it's called The Jesus-Hearted Woman. Ooh. Um, it, it, have you read this book? No. It's really good. I, I honestly haven't read every word of it, but it's one of those books that you can like, I feel like you can kind of pull things from because it's mm-hmm. really thick. And who has time for that? Yeah, really. <laughs> but it's really good. Um, it's by uh, Jody Dietrich, and it's about um, leadership qualities for enduring and endearing influence. And so I think it's one of those things that <clears throat> what we talked about in back in episode one, I think it was, about leadership. And um, I think that we forget that we can be a leader around us, yes. you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so maybe us looking like a leader is just pouring into, you know, an 18-year-old girl that needs someone to look up to. Yeah. And and that's still great leadership. So Absolutely. Okay, so what about you? What are you reading or listening to that's helping you rethink the world? Okay, so I have not seen this yet, but I cannot wait to see it. It's coming out November 1st. Have you seen the advertisement for the movie Harriet? It's about Harriet Tubman. Yes, I cannot wait. Oh my goodness. It looks incredible. It has the guy in it from Hamilton, Leslie Odom Jr., who is so incredible. Phenomenal. Um, So I can't wait to see it. But I will say, if you want to brush up on your Harriet Tubman knowledge before November 1st, there is a TV show. Have you ever seen Drunk History? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So they have an episode about Harriet Tubman. Okay. I'll have to go watch it. Yeah. I know. So, I mean... I don't know. You can watch it before you show your children. We yes. They had an episode on Alexander Hamilton. We actually showed our children. The language is very questionable. But, uh, you know, if you can let that slide, it's actually pretty educational. That's so fun. There's yeah. also um, my girls love this podcast called Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Yes. And they touch on famous women in history and how they changed the world. And there was an episode about Harriet Tubman that was really good. Oh, awesome. Okay. So there's two resources. There you go. One is more child friendly than the other. (laughs) Depending on your kids' ages. That's right. That's right. So you can go and brush up on your Harriet Tubman history before you see the movie November 1st. I can't wait to watch it. Thanks for listening today as we chatted about mentoring within the church and answered the question, why does mentoring matter? We hope this conversation helps you rethink the way you lean into relationships and learn from others and teach others. Make sure you join us next week as we chat about burnout and answer the question, am I experiencing stress or burnout? And we have a fun announcement this week. We are doing a huge resource giveaway. So we have this giant stack of books that we want to give to one of you. So the way to enter, you can head over to our Instagram account. We are at the asking pod to see all the books and all the information, but we will be selecting a winner from the first 100 reviews that are left on iTunes. So you can go over, leave us a quick review on iTunes. It only takes a second. And this really helps people find the show. And we just want to bring a lot of women alongside us to help us work through these important issues. So be sure and go over to our Instagram at the asking pod, give us a follow and check out this awesome resource giveaway. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram. I am at Kara K. James, and Elizabeth is at Elizabeth Oates underscore. 
And finally, keep asking questions for a friend.